You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. This is week number five in our series called Jesus the Healer. Say that. Say Jesus. Say his name again. The Healer. Is he a healer? Yes, he is. Well, we've been uh, teaching on this again, as I said, for four weeks prior to this week, and we've established many things. We've established that, yes, Jesus is a healer. It is God's will for you to be healed. Sickness and disease does not come from God. It doesn't come from heaven. Sickness, is a, and dis, sickness and disease is a result of what happened because of man's disobedience and his fall in the garden. It was released in the earth, and, uh, you know, it's just something humanity has dealt with ever since. But thank God Jesus, at the same time that he was paying the price for our sin, paid the price to purchase our healing. So you are... Uh, You know, I heard it said this way, you are not the sick trying to get well, you are the healed and the devil wants you sick, okay? Why does he want you sick? Well, you're ineffective when you're not feeling well and your body is not cooperating and you're kind of out of the way and so he doesn't mind you being sick and feeling bad, but God wants you well, amen? Well, let's look at our foundation scripture as soon as I get my clicker here. Our foundation scripture found in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, and uh, we're reading here, this is a summary of a sermon that Peter preached, and uh, he was preaching in the house of Cornelius, the first Gentiles to receive Christ. And so in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter summed up the ministry of Jesus, and he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing, say it, and all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So a couple of things we can pick up out of this is that healing is good. If you've ever been healed before, you know it's, it's good. If you've been sick before and you've gotten well and healed, then you know healing is better than sickness. So healing is, he went, Jesus went about doing good and healing. The other thing that we can see is that uh, he went about healing all of those who were oppressed by the devil. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, and we're not implying that, you know, if you get sick, you're demon-possessed and all of that, but you need to understand that he is the uh, originator of sickness and disease, and so when you and I are sick in, a, in one form or another, we are being oppressed by the devil. And so Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil and here's where, how we know it was the will of God because God was with him. All right, so God was in the anointing, God was in the healing, and God was in the setting people free business. And he still is today. Is Jesus still a healer today? Amen. Thank you for those two people that believe Jesus is a healer today. Let me try it again. Is Jesus a healer today? Okay, all right, good. Now, what I want to do is we've laid the groundwork over the previous four weeks about it being the will of God, how Jesus bought and paid for your healing at the same time that he purchased your salvation. We've looked at all of that. What I want to begin to do today is to uh, 
again, lay some groundwork, but I want to get very practical in how you and I can receive our healing. If healing belongs to us, and it does, then how do I go about receiving healing in my body? All right, so the, the thing that I want us to establish today primarily is this, is that there are two primary main streams, if you will, of being able to receive healing in your physical body. All right, so let's look at this first one. And uh, if you are taking notes, you can write this down. And that is this, the healing stream of prayer, the healing stream of prayer, you can receive healing in your body through prayer. And uh, write this down, you can pray the prayer of faith to receive healing for yourself or someone can pray the prayer of faith for you. Now, this is the awesome thing about being in a group of believers like you are who believe the same thing, who believe the Word of God, that if you need someone to pray with you, people are available. But if you're by yourself and no one is around, you can pray the prayer of faith and receive healing in your body. Let me give you a scripture on the prayer of faith, and that's found in Mark eleven, twenty-four. Jesus said this. He says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So let's, let's plug a couple of things in here. We're not taking anything or adding anything to what Jesus said, but he said this, whatever, therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, so let's say you need healing in your body, so you ask and receive. It says, when you pray, believe that you receive healing and you will have healing. That's what Jesus was teaching us. So you can pray the prayer of faith based on the word of God, and, and it can go something like this. Father, I believe that Jesus took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases, and with his stripes, I am healed. So I believe I receive healing in my body right now as I pray in Jesus' name. Now, where faith comes in, and we'll talk more about this later on in lessons to come, but where faith comes in is what do you do when your body doesn't start feeling better immediately? Because sometimes it doesn't, all right? That doesn't mean you, your prayer didn't work. It doesn't mean that you quit and give up. It means you stay in faith, and then you move over at that point to praising and thanking God that you are healed, okay? So you, you know, after you pray that prayer of faith, no matter what happens in your physical body, I pray that, you know, and, and, and uh, hope that the, the symptoms begin to um, uh, leave your body at that point. But if they do not, that's where the good fight of faith comes in. And here's what I do know is that if you will stay in faith, the circumstances will change. The symptoms have to go. All right? So you, and we'll, again, we'll talk more about this in lessons to come so you can pray and receive healing for yourself in your own physical body. Now, if you... Uh, need help if you, you know, if, if you're not able to receive on your own. In other words, uh, you know, you know where your faith level is. So if you need 
somebody to believe with you, let's look and see what James said in James chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. James said this, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders or the leaders of the church, people that know how to pray, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And notice this, And the prayer of faith will save the sick, the Lord will raise him up, and just as a bonus, if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses or faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, or effective, I started going to amplify, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So if you need healing in your body while you're at church or you are with some other people that know how to pray or you can call somebody, they can pray with you. And the Bible says, and, and then another part to that is the anointing uh, or laying on of hands and anointing with oil, which is symbolic of the power of God. And so it says, and then you can receive the prayer of faith. And uh, this verse says, verse 15, and that it will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So James poses three points in, in this particular uh, couple of verses that I want to bring out. We touched on these earlier, and uh, these aren't in your notes, but I just want to bring it up to you. So number one is this. James asked the question, is there any sick among you? Implying that it could be that there wouldn't be any sick people in the group. And everyone was walking in healing by faith. Now I want to say this to you. If you are experiencing sickness and disease in your body, it doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. Uh, it might not even mean that you have messed up. It might just mean uh, a couple of things. Number one, you need some rest. It, how many of you know we push ourselves too hard? Sometimes we get stressed. You know, there are lots of things that we do to open the door, but sometimes you can you know, everything is good and right, and you can go to bed one night and wake up the next morning not feeling good, and you just were minding your own business, okay? So what do you do then? Well, you can pray the prayer of faith and receive healing for yourself in your own body, or you can get somebody else to pray with you and to believe with you, all right? So here's number two. In the scripture, it proves that healing is for everyone. James asked the question, is anyone sick among you? Meaning that it was available to whosoever would receive it. Okay, so if it wasn't for everybody, then James would have said, only an elect few or just a couple or something along that line. But it's open to everybody, amen? The price was paid for us all. And then number three, I want you to see that which says in there that when we pray, pray the prayer of faith, that the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Greek word for save there in those verses is the Greek word sozo, which can be translated deliverance from sickness to heal or restore health. Sozo is also the Greek word that is used in the New Testament often when it talks about salvation. And the reason that that Greek word is used often, uh, you know, one example would be in Romans chapter 1. Paul said this, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Well, the reason that 
the Greek word sozo was used is because it is more than just a ticket to heaven. Salvation is all-encompassing. You need to understand that what Jesus bought and paid for was enough to redeem us, deliver us, heal us, and set us free in every area of our lives, spiritually, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, all areas of our lives, Jesus paid the price. So that Greek word sozo is used because it is, and I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say this, but it covers the full package, if you will. It's not just a, a one-way ticket to heaven, and that's wonderful, and it's not just fire insurance. You know what I mean by that, all right? Escaping hell. No, salvation is all-encompassing. And I don't know about you, but I want to receive everything that salvation provides. I want to receive everything that Jesus bought and paid for. Because, listen, you need to understand something. Jesus didn't do that for his own benefit. He didn't need it. He was all right in heaven, living with the Father and doing fine. And uh, when he came to pay the price, he paid it for you and for me, all right? So those three things are very important to notice from James chapter 5. So you can pray the prayer of faith for yourself. You can get somebody else to pray with you and pray the prayer of faith. And then there's another type of prayer that is mentioned in the Gospels. And uh, if you're writing uh, notes, take this down. You can also pray the prayer of agreement found in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. And that works hand in hand with what we saw in James chapter 5. Matthew 18, 19 says this, again, Jesus speaking, if I, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them of my Father in heaven. So you can get another believer to agree with you for healing in your body. They can stand in faith with you. And so all of these work hand in hand. But the, the main point that I want you to see is you don't have to wait till you till Brother Doodad comes with a healing crusade downtown at the Coliseum or something to get healed. You can get healed anytime you want to or need to by simply praying the prayer of faith and receiving healing in your body. All right? So that is that is one stream of being able to receive the, the, the healing that Jesus has bought and paid for. So we'll talk more about that and really get down into the nitty-gritty of that in uh, the, the weeks to come. But I want to switch gears for just a moment. Let's talk about another healing stream that God makes available, and that is the healing stream of the anointing. We know by our foundation scripture that there is a healing anointed, anointing. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. You remember how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So we know that God, and somebody might say, well, what's an anointing? Well, an anointing is a biblical word when God puts a portion of his power on someone in order to accomplish his purpose and what he wants carried out. There are all kinds of anointings. There are anointings to 
teach the Word of God. There's anointings to pastor. There's anointings to, to live your life as a believer. You know, it's not just pulpit ministry that gets anointed. You are anointed. Say that. Say, I am anointed by God to live as a believer. You know, John, rather, in his gospel, I believe it's 1 John, talks about how that there is an anointing upon your life as a believer that will speak to you, lead you, guide you, and will impart into your life as a believer to help you become everything that God's called you to be as a believer. So, you know, we see all kinds of anointings in, in the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, you remember how uh, there might be, God would raise up a prophet, say Elijah or one of those well-known prophets, and they would minister to someone and literally, you remember, well, one a good example is you remember where Samuel went to Jesse's house to anoint David as king, and literally what he had was a shofar horn. Many of you have seen those. It's a ram's horn that's hollow, and they would fill it with olive oil, and they could carry that around, and when these ministers would minister to someone, they literally would pour that anointing oil on their heads so that they could receive whatever it is that God wanted them to receive. And so if you'll remember when Je uh, Samuel went to Jesse's house, he poured that oil on David's head to anoint him to be king. Now, what does that mean? The oil was symbolic of the power of God coming on David's life so that he could fulfill the purpose of being king of Israel. And we know that David walked in that anointing and uh, lived that out. So there are many anointings, all right? Now, here's the first thing I want you to see about this particular stream. Write this down, please. Another method of receiving healing is being ministered to with a tangible healing anointing. Okay, so another method, and I'm, you know, when I made that comment earlier about going to a healing service, there's nothing wrong with going to a healing service. If that's what you need to do, by all means, do it. And hopefully there will be a tangible healing anointing present that can minister to you. All right, so another method of receiving healing is being ministered to with a tangible anointing. In other words, God imparts his power into a minister's life and anoints them to be able to minister healing to other people. Now, I know of many uh, ministers that have been anointed by the Lord to minister healing, and it seems as though oftentimes there will be a general anointing to minister and to, to minister healing to people, but very often there will be a specific type of anointing that will come on a minister to minister to a specific type of physical condition. You might find someone that is anointed to minister to people with cancer. You might find someone who is anointed to minister to people who are deaf so that their ears can be opened or blind eyes or whatever the case might be. There are general times when anybody, any type of physical condition can be healed, but there also might be times when that person is anointed to minister strongly or stronger in that particular area. Look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, our foundation scripture. 
in the Amplified Bible, and this will bring a little additional light, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power, how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. Notice in the Amplified, it says that Jesus was anointed with a strength and an ability and a power to minister healing to other people. So you can get into an environment where someone is anointed to minister healing and you can uh, receive your healing that way. Now, unfortunately, in our culture, oftentimes that is made fun of and mocked, but it is very, very real, all right? So don't let, um, and, and you know, let me, let me just be honest. There have been some minister, ministers that deserve to be mocked and ridiculed because of their behavior. And unfortunately, even though they were anointed by God, they did not represent the Lord Jesus well, all right? But what you can't do is throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, you know what I mean by that? And so you, you might need to get into an environment where somebody is anointed. Now, one thing that you need to understand, can we go a little deeper in this? Okay, y'all okay? All right, so we know from the scriptures that these are two healing streams, but where the anointing is concerned, there might be many methods of ministering healing, all right? We saw in Jesus' ministry where he would uh, lay hands on people. That was probably the most prominent way that he ministered healing to people. You, you remember there was another case where a man was blind and Jesus spit and made mud out of the dirt on the ground and rubbed it in the guy's eyes and then told him to go wash in the pool of Bethesda, and he received his healing that way. We know of, uh, you know, where Jesus would just speak a word and somebody would be healed. Do you remember the, the paralyzed man that was lowered through the roof and where Jesus was ministering and his five, you remember his buddies lowered him down through the roof and the guy was laying there? Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus didn't lay hands on him. He just spoke to him and said, take up your bed and walk. And the man got up and walked and carried his bed out. So there are many methods of ministering healing under the anointing. Somebody says, well, which one is best? Whichever one the Holy Spirit desires to use at that moment. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is smarter than we are? Okay. So he knows exactly what method is desired or needed at that moment. And so as Jesus was ministering and as he was uh, meeting the needs of people, the Holy Spirit would lead and guide him to do certain things a certain way for certain people. And don't ask me why, it's just in the wisdom of God and how it was carried out. So you know, when you're in, a, in someone's presence or you're in the presence of that healing anointing, don't limit how God can minister healing to you. And by the way, if you're present in an environment where that healing anointing is present, you don't even have to have hands laid on you. If the power of God is present, all you have to do is simply receive what that anointing is there to accomplish. 
Now, let me say this to you. Brother Hagin, uh, Kenneth Hagin, in one of, he had several visions where the Lord appeared to him and taught him about uh, ministering to, to sick people and, and so forth. And one of the visions that the Lord Jesus spoke to Brother Hagin and said that uh, made it clear to him that he understood this. Since the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, there is enough power in every hospital room, every church service, every place where God is, there is enough power present to minister healing to people. All right? So you don't, again, uh, you don't have to be limited. You know, let's say someone is not able to get in an environment where you know, a minister is ministering healing to people. Well, the power of God is just as much where you are because the Holy Spirit is everywhere for you to be able to receive and to be ministered to by the power of God. Now, let's look at a couple of, of instances where people received from the healing anointing that was upon Jesus. You might remember, and, and you know, we focus on one situation but the Bible actually refers that there were others. You remember the woman that we know as the woman with the issue of blood? Isn't it funny how we call her by what she was healed of? I mean, she doesn't have that anymore. She didn't. And so anyway, but we call her the woman that had the issue of blood. And you remember how she heard of Jesus and she made up her mind that she was going to press her way to Jesus and she went and touched the hem of Jesus' garment now, I want to pick up in Mark chapter 5 and verse 30. It says this, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. Now, one thing that I want you to understand is this. Jesus did not initiate the anointing flowing out of him. Was he anointed? We just read that in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Was Jesus anointed? Yes, he had the power of God on him. But what I want you to see is, is this woman, by her faith, pressed her way to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus felt power go out of him, but he did not realize who it went into. Okay? So, Mark chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Now, if you'll remember, I, I don't want to go into the whole story, but you remember the disciples pointed out to Jesus, Jesus, how can you ask that question? Because Jesus was pressing his way through a crowd. There were people that were bumping into him all over the place. So let me say it to you this way. There were many people touching Jesus, but only one withdrew the power that was on him by her faith. Why is that? Because those other people, they were just out there to see what was going on. They really weren't specific. They really didn't have, you know, their faith set on that or else the power of God would have gone into them as well. But this one woman, she set her faith to receive from the Lord. She was determined she was going to receive from the Lord. She risked it all, touched his garment, and power went out from Jesus into her. And of course, we know the outcome was that she told Jesus the whole story and Jesus told her this. He said, ma'am, uh, 
It's, it's your faith that made you whole. Notice he did not say it was the anointing that was on me that made you whole. He knew he was anointed, but it was her faith that allowed that anointing to be able to flow. So what was the power that went out of Jesus? It was the healing power of God. It was the power with which he was anointed. Now write this down, please. The stream of receiving healing, this stream of receiving healing is available today when the anointing is present. Let me say that again. This stream of receiving healing is available today when the anointing is present. And it's very important that you and I understand our role as the recipient of that anointing because that plays as much, if not greater, a role in you being healed than the person that has the anointing on them. Again, I just explained that to you because was Jesus anointed? Come on, you don't sound sure. Was he anointed? Okay, of course he was. So when he went out into public and this woman touched him, again, notice all the other people, power didn't go out of him into them. It was just this woman that was healed. And so it was when she reached out with her faith and touched the hem of his garment. In other words, let me say this to you. It is more your doing that causes the power of God to flow into you than the power of God. Does that make sense to you? In other words, if someone is anointed, you're the one that determines whether that anointing flows into your body to bring about healing or not. A lot of times we put it off on God, okay? And it's not, God did the anointing. It's our responsibility to receive from that anointing, okay? So, when healing is ministered by a tangible anointing, the power of God is present to heal, but the person has a part to play in it too. That's why you can't just go into an environment um, as a believer and, you know, you don't do anything to receive healing for yourself. You don't lose your, you don't, you don't do anything. You don't say, Father, I am going to be healed in this meeting. I am going to be healed in this service. You don't do any of that. You just go, and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, and you go home the same way that you came in. Let me say this to you. Y'all still here? Okay. Um, there is an anointing in this room right now. Okay. Now, what is that anointing to do? To bring revelation to you, to bring revelation from the Word of God to your life, in other words, and I don't say this arrogantly, I didn't do the anointing. God did it, okay? But there is an anointing on my life to teach the Word of God. But here's what I want you to see. It is not my part to make sure you get what you need. It's your part to come with an attitude of expectation ready to receive. L let me say this to you. You can draw, up, not upon me, but upon that anointing, the Holy Spirit on me, and receive what you need from the Word of God. Right, let me give you an example. There have been times when in services where, um, you know, I have come with a particular uh, sermon message 
prepared. And in the middle of that message, the Lord will change my direction and I'll go over here and talk about something just because I believe in my spirit that that's where the Holy Spirit wants me to go. And so I'll talk about that over there and, and then come back to my message and come to find out later on it's because somebody came to that service and it might only be one person came to that service and said, Lord, I need answers today and I expect to receive from the Holy Spirit today while I am at church. See, a lot of times, y'all listen, and I know there are times when church services are dry. Don't misunderstand me. But there are times when the anointing is present and you don't receive because you didn't come to receive. Because you can, and, and, and can I say this to you? Y'all don't mind if I teach a little bit, do you? Okay, I'm pastoring here. Um. It is a whole lot easier for me to minister when y'all are pulling on that anointing than when you're not. Let me tell you, I've been in services, not, not with you guys, but I've been in services where I've been ministering and, and nobody is making a withdrawal on the Holy Spirit while they're in there drawing upon that anointing. And it's just like if I had a tennis ball and I threw it and it hit that back wall and bounced right back at me. And it wears a minister out, okay? But it is a whole lot of fun when you get a group of people that come to church and say, Lord, I am going to receive today. That man, it, by the Holy Spirit, is going to say something that I need to hear today, and my life is going to be different. That's how you make a withdrawal on that anointing, okay? So I'm wanting you to see that it's, God has his part. His part is to do the anointing. Our part is to pull and draw on that anointing to receive from heaven. All right? Am I helping anybody? Okay. So, write this down, please. And this is, this is the key. It's the person's faith that gives action to the healing power of God that is transmitted to him, say, by the laying on of hands or whatever method is used. Okay, now I'm going to be, give you a graphic extreme of somebody ministering healing and uh, so you can see that there are many methods. Anybody ever heard of a man named Smith Wigglesworth? Okay, uh, those of you who have not, this was a, a man from England, a great man of God. He, he got saved in life as an older man. He was a plumber by trade, was illiterate. He, I think he didn't go past the third grade in school and um, got saved. His wife was a leader in the Salvation Army, and so through her, he got saved and uh, supernaturally learned how to read the Bible, and he loved the Word of God, began to read the Word of God, and God anointed him to begin to minister, and to make a long story short, after two or three decades of ministry uh, in England, and I don't, I, I'm think there was some cases here in the United States, but uh, there were 21 documented. I'm talking about where government people came in and documented where he, that people were raised from the dead in this man's ministry. And I'm talking about casket dead people. There was one situation, just to give you an example, one situation where a person had died 
their body was in the casket. He walks into the room and the Holy Ghost told him, said, I want you to raise them up. And he didn't know any better, but just to say, yes, sir. And so he goes, he snatches the body up out of the casket, stands them up in the corner, speaks to it, commands life to come back into the body. Guess what happened? The body fell on the ground. He stands it back up against the wall, speaks to it and says, in the name of Jesus, I said, life, come into this body. The body fell back down on the floor. Now, I don't know about you. Well, first of all, I might have to have a burning bush, two or three angels and all of that before I would get the nerve to, to do that. But he was just that kind of a bold man. So the third time he stood the man up against the wall, spoke to him and said, in the name of Jesus, I said, life come back into this body. And the man went, <gasps> and life came back into his body and he was raised up. That was one of many. Well, going back to how he ministered healing, um, he, he was ministering healing in a church in England and uh, there was a, a woman who brought a baby to him. This was just an infant and terribly, terribly uh, 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 what's, I want to say misformed, um, deformed, that's it, that's the word. And um, so, I mean, you know, the baby was missing limbs. I mean, just, just, just terrible uh, situation. And she, the only thing, she was a poor woman, and the only thing she could do was put the baby in a paper bag and brought the baby in a paper bag for Smith Wigglesworth to lay hands on this baby. Well, she got up to where he was. He was on the platform and ministering. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do this. I'm suggesting, I'm not suggesting that I'm ever going to do this, but he took the paper bag and the baby in the paper bag, and now this is going to sound extreme, so don't let it, you know, blow a fuse, but he took the paper bag and the baby, and he drop-kicked the baby across the stage. And when the baby landed on the other side of the stage, he told him, go pick it up. And he went, they picked up the baby, pulled apart the paper bag, all of his arms were restored, all of his legs were restored, and the baby was made whole. Now, that's a healing anointing, okay? Now, do you think somebody got upset when he did that? Absolutely. But you know what? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. That's why I do not suggest, unless the Holy Ghost tells you, don't you go kicking no babies across the stage, all right? Now, uh, so what I'm saying to you is this, is that the power of God is present and was present in that situation, and the woman released her faith by bringing that baby to a man that she knew and believed was anointed by God in order to minister to her child. And of course, she received what she was believing for. And so the person's faith gives action to the healing power of God that is present in that environment. Now, you remember when Jesus spoke to the woman uh, who had the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 and verse 34, he didn't say, daughter, it's my power that made you whole. Daughter, it's the healing anointing upon my life that healed you and made you whole. No, he said this, and he said this more than once in his ministry. Daughter, your faith has made you whole or well. Okay, it was her faith uh, 
released in drawing upon and receiving from that healing anointing. All right? So it was her faith that received from that anointing that was, on pre- that was present on Jesus to heal. Now, I want to, in conjunction with this, I want to talk for a moment about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not going to go into an in-depth teaching, but I do want to talk about this for just a moment. Because what, what I just told you Smith Wigglesworth did was an operation of the gifts or manifestations of the Spirit. In other words, you don't do that unless the Holy Ghost directs you, okay? Now, and, and of course, we know, as I said earlier, what Jesus did, he did directed by the Holy Spirit. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, all right? So Paul wrote and he said this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith or special faith by the same Spirit. This isn't the kind of faith that you and I get as believers. This is a faith that goes beyond that. So to another special faith by the same Spirit. Look at this. To another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the gifts of the Spirit are wonderful And they should be in operation in the church. Now, I want to say this to you. The gifts of the Spirit aren't just for preachers. The gifts of the Spirit are for every believer that will make himself or herself available to them. So if you in your life as a believer, you know, if you've received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can say, Lord, I am available to you for you to use me whenever you desire, however you choose to use me. But the key is that I want you to see is as wonderful as these things are and these manifestations are, you cannot always guarantee that God is going to move this way. Why? Because of that last part of that verse. They happen as he wills. Now, years ago in our church, there were a handful of people that used to get upset with me and, uh, you know, used to, and I, I, I understand, I wasn't mad about this, but they would get upset with me and, and say, there must be something wrong with you, pastor, because we don't see the signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Spirit in operation like that in our church, Okay. And so when somebody brings something like that to me, I don't, I don't get upset about it. I go, I go and ask Jesus about it. And so I went to Jesus. I went to the Lord, and I said, Lord, what about this? You know, they, they bring up a, what seems to be a valid point. And, uh, you know, but here, let me help you understand something. A couple of things. Number one, you can rest assured, all right, as pastor of this church, 
If I know that it is the Spirit of God directing me to do something, I will obey. So you can just rest assured in that, okay? So if I believe God wants me to do something, if he wants me to minister a word to somebody, if he has a prophecy that he wants to minister to somebody, if he has a tongues and interpretation he wants me to give, I will obey. But I am not up here to perform for anybody. I will not put on a Holy Ghost show just to impress people. Are you listening to me? Okay. So, and a lot of times, can I say this to you? A lot of times, there's not the gifts that are meant to edify the body, such as prophecy, tongues, and interpretation, and those types of gifts. A lot of times, those aren't in operation because nobody desires them. Okay? Again, it's not solely up to me. So that's just a little food for thought, all right? Am I helping anybody here today, all right? Now, as far as the, the working of miracles, gifts of healings, discerning of spirits, those types of gifts, I want you to understand something, okay? Those are primarily designed to be used outside of the church, not inside the church, Signs, wonders, and miracles are wonderful, but what does somebody who knows where they're going and who they belong to, why do they need a sign to point them to Jesus? Use your head a little bit, okay? Signs are meant to point a direction. So who needs pointing to Jesus? Sinners do. That's why you'll find that a lot of the times when these gifts are in manifestation, sinners are present because God is wanting to point the way to Jesus. <laughs> so, write this down, please. God moves in the gifts of the Spirit as he wills. Somebody said, well, why, Pastor, why are you going into this? You'll understand in just a second, okay? So if they happen as he wills, we do not always know when God will move in this way, okay? Now, you could come hungry. You could come desiring for God to minister and to move certain ways. And if he does, great. If he doesn't, great, okay? Now, going to what I mentioned earlier, you can make withdrawals on the anointing on my life as a pastor and teacher anytime you want to. That's not a gift of the Spirit. That's an anointing that comes on my life or is upon my life because of the office that I operate in according to Ephesians chapter 4. Okay? I told you I was going to teach a little bit. Is that all right? Okay. So if we don't always know that God will move in this dramatic, spectacular way, then what do we do? Why wait to receive something in a dramatic, spectacular way like that that has already been purchased for you and given to you by the Lord Jesus? Write this down, please. 
We must always remember that when the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation, people can always be healed through faith in God's Word. Now, there were times, if, and you got to pay attention to the details when you're reading through the Gospels. Pay attention to Jesus' ministry because there were times when people got healed just by simply listening to him teach and preach. Why? Because the word always works. And you know what? Jesus would never roll into town with the Jesus Christ Evangelistic Association, put up a big tent, and start healing people. Read the Bible. He always rolled into town, and the first thing he would do is go to the synagogue and teach the people. Why? Because Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What he was endeavoring to do was to teach and to preach, to cause faith to arise in the people's hearts so that they could receive from him. Okay. So we must always remember that when the healing anointing is not present, when the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation, because that happens as God wills and desires, the Word of God always works. Say that. Say, the Word of God always works. Every time. Every time I need it. Every time I desire it. The Word works. So we established early on in a lesson, look at 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness and by whose stripes you might kind of sort of get healed. You were healed, okay? There is enough power in that verse right there to get you healed, to get you off any sick bed, to get you off any cancer treatment. I mean, whatever... The situation is there is enough in that word right there to get you healed. Because if by his stripes you were healed, then you are healed. Right now, we just have to receive it by faith. All right? And you remember, we said this in a couple of weeks ago. God, and I'm going to startle you when I say this. Maybe those of you who are paying attention, it won't startle you. But healing was never promised to you in the New Testament. Healing was never promised to you in the New Testament. Never, never, never. It was promised in the Old Testament. Why is that? Did God change his mind? So is he not healing people today? Is he not healing people in the New Testament? No. Write this down, or no, just remember this because I covered it a couple weeks ago. Healing is not a promise of something to come. It is a fact of our redemptive and redemption in Christ. God never promised to heal anybody in the New Testament. He has already done it. That's why he's never promised to save anybody in the New Testament. The price has already been paid in God's heart. The price has already been paid for every man, woman, boy, and girl, and all they have to do is receive what Christ did for them 
in his death, burial, and resurrection, and they are saved. Well, guess what? In the New Testament, all you have to do is receive what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection in paying for your healing and receive it the same way because it is a fact of redemption. This is why we must teach and preach the Word of God so that faith can arise in people's hearts to be able to receive from the Word. Okay? Now, um, write this down, please. We may not know when God will move in that dramatic way, but we do know that God's Word always works. God's Word has never failed one time. Never, not one time has God's word ever failed to, to come to pass and to deliver what his word indicates. You know, Psalm 107, verse 20, God said this in the Old Testament. He sent his, notice it didn't say he sent his miraculous power and healed them. It says he sent his word and healed them. You know why it says he sent his word? Because in his word is miraculous power and delivered them from their destructions. So not discounting the gifts of faith, or, or gifts of the Spirit, rather, healings and miracles can simply occur in people's lives by receiving the Word of God and activating your faith to draw upon that Word. Whether I'm anointed or not to minister healing to someone, God's Word is always anointed. God's word is always the same whether I feel the anointing or not. So listen, let me say that to you, and, and, and we'll get into this in, in future lessons. I'm trying not to unload a whole bunch on you today. It, it's hard, though. But see, what, what we do is we base our perception of whether the healing anointing is present, whether we feel something or not. That's why we, we have a tendency not to believe that the word is anointed because we can read the word and not feel anything. You've got to believe this word is anointed whether you receive, I mean, whether you feel anything or not. You know what? When I got saved, when I gave my heart to Christ, I didn't see lightning. I didn't hear heaven open up and the angels going, oh, I didn't, I didn't smell Lavender flow into the room, nothing. It was as dry of an experience as one could possibly have. Now, people have dramatic experiences. I'm not taking from that. I did not. But what I had to do is believe that I got born again whether I felt like it or not. So when you go to the Word of God and the Word says, by His stripes you were healed, well, guess what? If the Bible says, I was healed, then I am healed and that means me, whether I feel like it or not. Here's, here's, your, here's the key. Base your faith on God's Word and not necessarily on a feeling or what you perceive to be the anointing. Because I can tell you this, a lot of times goosebumps feel like the anointing. Anybody ever had goosebumps before? Okay, now I've had goosebumps as a result of the anointing, but I don't judge whether the anointing is present, whether I have goosebumps or not, or I just feel something going up and down my spine, or, you know, I want to jump and shout and dance. I, that doesn't move me. 
Now, I'll jump and shout and dance, but I, that doesn't move me, okay? So here, here, let's wind this up. You can receive your healing by faith because there is a healing anointing in God's Word. Now, I'm going to say this to you. Don't let it throw you, but I'm going to say it to you. The same anointing that God anointed Jesus with to minister healing during his ministry, that same anointing is present on his word. Jesus didn't get a double dose of anointing to go and minister for three and a half years in the earth and then the power of God that's present in his word is only half. No, it's the same. Same power, same anointing. Just in the same manner that you have activate the healing anointing when it's present in an environment, you activate the healing anointing contained in the Word of God through your faith. Now, here's what I want you to see. The healing anointing and faith in God's Word both yield the same results. Physical, divine healing. Amen? Have I helped you today? All right. So we're going to dive into this, get into this more in the lessons to come about how you receive. Because we have clear-cut examples in the Bible of people that received their healing from the Lord Jesus and from the Word of God and were able to be healed. And the same is true. Those things were written for us to be our examples so that you can receive your healing from God. Now, I said to you a couple of weeks ago, there will come a point in, in the process and as we progress in these messages, I'm confident that the Lord will lead me to lay hands on people that need healing in their body. But what we're doing right now is we're building the case and I'm building faith in your heart so that you can receive from heaven. Because here's my intention and here's what God's intention is, is that when healing is ministered to you, you get healed. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word that we've heard today. I thank you, Father, that your word is true. Your word is anointed. We already said that, Father, your, Hebrews 4.12 says that your word is full of life. It's full of power. It's full of your anointing. And, Lord, we can receive from your word and receive what is in your word, and our lives can be changed by it. And so, Father, I thank you right now that faith in your word is growing in the hearts of the people. Lord, I believe that it's just as Jesus said, the word of God is seed. I believe that seed has fallen on good ground today, and that, Lord, I believe it will grow up and it will produce a harvest in the lives of these people in order to be able to receive and walk in everything that you have for them. Now, Father, should there be anybody here under the sound of my voice that needs healing in their body, I thank you that you're a healer today, just like you will be next week and just like you were 2,000 years ago. I believe that your healing anointing is in this room right now. And so, Lord, we purpose to receive from that we release our faith right now, and I declare in the name of Jesus, receive your healing today. Just reach up, take hold of it by faith, and say, by his stripes, I am healed. 
And in Jesus' name, I command every physical body to come in line with the Word of God. I command every pain, every sickness, every disease to, to flee from these people. These bodies were bought and paid for with the price, the Scripture says, and they belong to God. So sickness, disease, you have to flee in the name of Jesus. And I declare and decree that they are healed from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. And I thank you for it, Lord. I praise you for it. Now, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that if there's anybody in this room today that is not sure where they are in their relationship with you, Father, I pray that you would draw them by your spirit today. Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus that you love us, you care for us, that the scripture tells us that, that nothing we could ever do could make you love us any less. And so, Father, I thank you that through Jesus Christ, you're not mad at a single person. You're not mad at any of us. And you desire an intimate relationship with us all. As a matter of fact, the price has already been paid to remove our sin, to clean us, to wash us in your blood, and give us a way to be able to stand before you as though sin never existed. And so, Father, I thank you for that. I'm going to ask you, congregation, do me a favor today and just pray this simple prayer to, with me so I can make sure that everybody is where they need to be in their relationship with the Lord. And so just pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you died for me. And I believe with all my heart that you were raised from the dead. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Take my life and do what you will. Use me for your service. Use me for your glory. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you that I'm on my way to heaven. Now fill me to the full and overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. Thank you that today is a day of new beginnings. My life begins right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.